0: Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at The Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to our devotionals in Zechariah. This morning I'm going to read from Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. I think there's something really quite powerful in there for us uh, to take on. So Zechariah 4, verses 6 and 7 says this. Then the angel said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing. Not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way, it will become a level plain before him. So we have that wonderful verse there, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not even a mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. Now, in its its context, this is, as Andy uh, brought out yesterday, this is a reference to the restoring of uh, Jerusalem, and the temple specifically, and the the project that is happening looks small. In fact, in Haggai, when they first uh, put the temple, uh, bring the temple up, everyone weeps because of how small it looks. And so this this passage is speaking into that um, into that environment and saying it is not by might nor power, but by the Lord's spirit. And it's important to clarify those, those two words, might or power. The first has the you know, sense of a, a force, a workforce, a, a huge army, if you like. You know, the whole many hands and uh, make light work. So it's not by the force of a great army, and it's not by the strength of a, a few very strong people. If we, we think of a big project that needs to be done, they're kind of the two things we might think we need a big workforce. And a lot of strong people, strong will, strong physically, whatever. But God says not by force, not by might, nor by strength. Those things aren't relevant. Those things aren't necessary to this project. What's necessary to this project is the spirit. And so the flip side is if the spirit is not at work, you can have as much might or power as you want, but it's not going to happen. And so originally, this is speaking into that restoration of the temple. And I would say that even in, even in the original context, Zechariah is looking to more than just the physical temple. He's looking to the whole restoration of God's people, which is promised. And we see Zechariah quoted in the New Testament in that regard. So that's kind of the original, as I say, the focus of it. But there is a very, very applicable uh, and timeless truth in there which speaks to us about our building projects, not just, I'm not talking about the physical restoration of the old school, I mean, our kingdom building projects, our church building projects, uh, us as God's people. And it's as though in every age, God says to us, not by force, not by might, nor by strength, but by my spirit. It's uh, an unfortunate thing when churches start to think of themselves as just another uh, business or social club, and then start to think, well, if we're uh, not growing, if we're uh, perhaps even shrinking, if we're growing too slowly, then what we need to do is we need to borrow advice from the world, from companies which are growing, which are expanding. And so you end up with these churches, which, yeah, I mean, they do have lots of numbers in there. They do have lots of people filling the seats, but are they worshipping God in purity? Are they worshipping God the way that God wants to be worshipped? Or are when we do that, are we selling out what it means to be the church and becoming something quite different? You've got the force, you've got the, the numbers, you've got the strength of the people willing to put those strategies in place. But is the spirit at work in that environment? It's, uh, I think it's a sad thing when churches start to see themselves as a business. It's a sad thing when churches start to see themselves as dependent on their good decisions. If you go through the book of Acts, when the church is growing, what you find is the apostles, the ones who are doing the evangelism, have a very keen sense that they are merely the instruments by which God is working. I I love it in uh, Acts 18 verse 10, where Paul is in Corinth, and the Lord encourages him to stay by saying, I have many, many of my people are in this city. In other words, my people who haven't come to faith yet, and I've sent you here to bring them to me. It's what Jesus says in John 10, my sheep will hear my voice and come to me. I have sheep in another pasture who must come in and I will bring them in. It's a wonderful picture that churches, evangelists, everyone who is part of the the movement of bringing in God's people are not the ones who actually ultimately brings them in. They're simply the instrument by which Christ brings his sheep in. And so, as I say, in Acts, when the church is growing, all the ones who are doing the evangelism have a very keen sense that they don't have much power. It is by the Spirit. I mean, how often does Paul uh, not go to a certain place or want to go somewhere and the Spirit tells them don't go there? Or go somewhere, preach, when they don't receive it, shakes his feet off and say, well, I'll leave it with you then. In other words, it's not my responsibility to do what only the Spirit can do. It's not by might nor by power. There's a very strong sense of God's sovereignty there. It's just the same as in 1 Kings 19, where uh, Elijah, having battled with the prophets of Baal, then uh, runs away in a real kind of depressive state about his nation, about everything that's happening there. And then God says to him, I've kept for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. In other words, It's not that, oh, there are 7,000 and I still like them. No, God says, I have kept for myself 7,000. God is the one who is sovereign over building his church, over building uh, his people, over bringing them in. And so Elijah can take uh, comfort, can take respite in the fact that the Lord preserves his people, not his good works as a prophet or how good he is um, bringing signs against the prophets of Baal. And I think Christians need to be constantly reminded of the assurance of God's sovereignty. God will bring his people in. We don't need to adopt uh, what's trendy in the world. We don't need to be thinking like a business. We need to think like a church. Businesses aren't dependent on the spirit. Businesses say by might and by power, but the church says not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. As well as building the church, we also think about building the kingdom, kind of a, a more expansive, um, if you kind of like zooming out, the church is kind of a part of building the kingdom. But building the kingdom on a more societal level, we've already seen that Zechariah talks about the, uh, the gospel and the, and the church and the kingdom affecting the world, affecting things bigger than just itself. And we've, we've talked about that already. But the important thing to grasp is how does that come to be? Again, not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit. There's a a view which fortunately doesn't have much prominence in this country. But certainly in America, it's gaining prominence um, among certain churches called the the Seven Mountain Mandate. And and basically the view is there are seven mountains of uh, human society, if you like. There's government, there's education, there's the arts, and so on. And essentially, what we have to do as kingdom builders is work our way to the top of the mountain and make it Christian. So we need to get into government. We need to get a Christian prime minister, turn it into a Christian government. We need to uh, get Christians into the school systems, turn them into Christian schools. Now, you can see why, perhaps you don't, but perhaps you do see why on paper that sounds quite good. We're, we're, you know, we're doing that work of kin- kingdom building. We're getting involved in society. But actually, because there's no emphasis there on God's sovereignty, on God's power to do these things, it ends up looking a lot more like totalitarianism, where it's a dictatorship, where it's top down, where it's you must obey even if you don't want to. And actually, that's not the way that the kingdom is built. That's not how Jesus models the kingdom being built. In fact, if you look at Jesus's ministry, there are plenty of times when he could well have um, made use of an army, made use of having all these people on his side, made use of kind of taking over the, the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin and having his way. But Jesus's ministry is a ministry marked by dependence on the spirit. And so the church's ministry has to be marked by dependence on the spirit. We're not top down. In fact, I would say that the analogy in the Bible is, is much more a following in the path. <coughs> me, following in the path of the King. Um, the, the 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 verse I just read, verse seven, says, "Zerubbabel uh, um, when Zerubbabel, uh, nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way." Now, Zerubbabel is used in the Minor Prophets as a picture of the coming Messianic King. And so the image there is as the, Messiah, as the Messiah comes to a mountain, even the mountain won't stand in his way. But there's other Messianic passages like Psalm 110 and 1 Corinthians 15, for instance, where the image is the Messiah moves and his people are moving behind him. So it's like following in his wake. We aren't kind of setting out the carpet for Jesus to walk down. We aren't the ones who are going to establish the kingdom so that he can arrive and take it. No, no, no. He is doing the kingdom building and we have to follow in his footsteps. I'm not worried about getting into government. Now, that's not to say that I, you know, kick my feet back and say, oh, we don't need to do anything. You know, um, we don't need church leaders. We don't need anyone involved in evangelism. The Spirit's going to do it all. You know, we don't need to build a kingdom. It's all just going to happen for us. No, it's not saying that either. But what it is calling us to do is to find a middle ground well we're not saying if we don't do this it's not going to happen you know what we need is a big team but we're also not saying well it doesn't matter what I do or don't do because it's all the spirit there has to be a middle ground that we can find and i think as i say that image of following in the king's wake is that middle ground jesus goes before us and we follow after him we want to see the kingdom built we want to pray what he taught us to pray uh, what he taught us to pray lord may your kingdom come may it will be done on earth as it is in heaven but we don't want to be totalitarians we don't want to be establishing something in might and power that's not established by the spirit whether in the church or in the kingdom building at large so um, in light of that let's pray as we finish heavenly father we thank you that you are building your church that you are building your kingdom and lord we pray that we would be obedient servants in that task not trying to Usurp authority that is yours alone, not trying to do it by might or by power, but Lord, by trusting in the sovereignty of your spirit. Knowing that if the spirit so willed, every single person on this globe could turn to you in an instant. Knowing, Lord, that if no one turns to you, this is the spirit's will. So, Lord, make us dependent on you. Make us dependent to say not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. And that will be our battle cry as we build the church, as we build the kingdom.